Chapter 5 of Memories of Childhood's Slavery Days by Annie L. Burton. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The Race Question in America by Dr. P. Thomas Stanford, author of The Tragedy of the Negro in America. As a member of the Negro race, I myself have suffered as a child whose parents were born in slavery deprived of all influences of the ennobling life made obedient to the will of the white man by the lash and chain and sold to the highest bidder when there was no more use for them the first negro fact for white thought is that my clients the colored people here in america are not responsible for being here any more than they are responsible for their conditions of ignorance and poverty they suddenly emerge from their prison poorhouse without a home without food or clothing and ignorant now the enemies of god and of the progress of civilization in our country are today introducing a system of slavery with which they hope to again enslave the colored people to carry out their evil designs they retain able politicians lawyers and newspapers to represent them such as senator tillman the honorable john temple graves of georgia and the baltimore sun and they are trying the negro on four counts which allege that the race is ignorant cannot be taught is lazy and immoral now are the negroes as a whole guilty of these charges in the first place the negro race of america is not ignorant in the year 1833 john c calhoun senator from south carolina is reported to have said that if he could find a single negro who understood the greek syntax he would believe the negro was human and would treat him as such at that time it was a very safe test god accepted the challenge in behalf of the negro race and inspired his white sons and daughters both in north and south to teach their brothers in black and a few years afterwards black men were examined and the world pronounced them scholars while later still the schools were using a greek grammar written by a black man w s scarborough of wilberforce o in his class were frederick douglas henry highland garnet robert elliott the rev j c price and john m langston as defenders of the race Bishop Allen Payne, Bishop Hood, and John B. Reaver will ever be remembered for their godly piety and Christian example, as we shall also remember Bishop, Sumner, and Beauvoir for their great literary productions, William Washington Brown as the greatest organizer and financier of the century, Professor Booker Washington as the greatest industrial educator of the world, and last but not least, Thomas Condon, the greatest crank for the spiritual training and higher education of the Negro race. Under the leadership of such men, assisted by our white friends and backed up by our colored race journals, the Christian Banner of Philadelphia, the Christian Recorder, the Star of Zion, and the Afro-American Ledger of Baltimore, Indiana, the National Baptist Union of Pennsylvania, the Age of New York, the Christian Organizer of Virginia, and the Guardian of Boston. Our onward march to civilization is phenomenal, and by these means we have reduced illiteracy 50%. In the South, we have over $12 million worth of school property, 3,000 teachers, 50 high schools, 17 academies, 125 colleges, 10 law and medical schools, 25 theological seminaries, all doing a mighty work for God and humanity. Now as to laziness. 
we have now in practice fourteen thousand lawyers and doctors and have accumulated over a hundred and fifty million dollars worth of church property in the south we have over a hundred and fifty thousand farms and houses valued at nine hundred million dollars and personal property at a hundred and seventy million dollars we have raised over eleven million dollars for educational purposes the property per capita for every colored man woman and child in the united states is estimated at seventy five dollars and we are operating successfully several banks and factories we have seven million five hundred thousand acres of land and the business activity of the colored people was never as thoroughly aroused as it is today when i come to deal with the charge of immorality i bow my head and blush for shame first because if the charge be true i see they are getting like the white man every day i know that at the close of the american civil war the four million negroes had more than twenty five percent of the white blood coursing through their veins what about this new educated negro just ask the pullman car company which employs hundreds of negroes into whose care thousands of women and children of our best american families are entrusted every day now you cannot do without the negro because if you send him away you will run after him he is here to stay the only way to deal successfully with the colored race is god's way first recognize that he is your guest second recognize that you have robbed him of his birthplace home family and savings it is these facts that are causing so much unrest on the part of the whites in this country the negro loves his country which he has proved beyond a doubt in every american battle in every act of loyalty to his country and in his long and patient suffering pay him what you owe him by educating him give him an opportunity to live allow him to live in decent parts of your city pay wages sufficient to support his children do this and god will remove the objectionable negro from the land the negro stands today upon the eminence that overlooks more than two decades spent in efforts to ameliorate the condition of seven million immortal souls by opening before their hitherto dark and cheerless lives possibilities of development into a perfect and symmetrical manhood and womanhood the retrospect presents to us a picture of a people's moral degradation and mental gloom caused by slavery which reduced them to objects of charity and surrounded them with difficulties which have ever stood as impregnable barriers in their way to speedy advancement in all those qualities that make the useful citizen every influence of state and society life seems to be against their progress and like some evil genius these negro-hating ghosts are forever hunting them with the idea that their future must be one of subserviency to the white race hated and oppressed by the combined wisdom wealth and statesmanship of a mighty confederacy who watched and criticized their mistakes which were strongly magnified by those who fain would write destruction upon the emancipation they are expected to rise from this condition the idea of giving to the newly enfranchised a sound practical education was considered at the dawn of freedom an easy solution of what as an unsolved problem threatened the perpetuity of republican institutions within a year from the firing on sumter benevolent and far-sighted northern friends had established schools from washington to the gulf of mexico which became centers of light penetrating the darkness and scattering the blessings of an enlightened manhood far and wide the history of the world cannot produce a more affecting spectacle than the growth of this mighty christian philanthropy 
which beginning amid the din of battle has steadily marched on through every opposing influence and lifted a race from weakness to strength from poverty to wealth from moral and intellectual non-entity to place and power among the nations of the earth we have ten millions of colored people in the united states whose condition is much better today than it was fifty years ago then he had nothing not even a name Today he has 160,000 farms under good cultivation and valued at $4 million and has personal property valued at $200 million. In the Southland, the Negroes own 160 first-class drugstores, nine banks, 13 building associations, and 100 insurance and benefit companies, two street railways, and an electric at Jacksonville, Florida, which they started some years ago when the white people passed the Jim Crow law for that state. Now it is reckoned that the Negroes in the United States are paying about $700 million property taxes, and this is only one-fifth of all they have accumulated, for the Negro is getting more like the white people every day, and has learned from him that it is not a sign of loyalty and patriotism to publish his property at its full taxable value. In education and morals, progress is still greater. As you all know, at the close of the war, the whole race was practically illiterate. It was a rare thing, indeed, to find a man of the race who even knew his letters. In 1880, the illiteracy had fallen to 70%, and rapid strides along that line have been made ever since. Today, there are 37,000 Negro teachers in America, of which number 23,000 are regular graduates of high and normal schools and colleges, 23 are college presidents, 169 are principals of seminaries, and many are principals of higher institutions. At present, there are 369 Negro men and women taking courses in the universities of Europe. The Negro Ministry, together with these teachers, have been prepared for their work by our schools and are the greatest factors the North has produced for the uplift of the colored man. Today there are those who wish to impede the Negro's progress and lessen his educational advantages by industrializing such colleges as Howard University of Washington, by placing on their board of trustees and managers the pronounced leaders of industrialism, giving as a reason that the better he is educated, the worse he is. In other words, they say crime has increased among educated Negroes, while stern facts show the opposite. The exact figures from the last census show that the greater proportion of the Negro criminals are from the illiterate class. Today, the marriage vow, which by the teaching of the whites the Negro held to be of so little importance before the war, is guarded more sacredly. The one-room cabin, with its attendant evils, is passing away, and the Negro woman, the mightiest moral factor in the life of her people, is beginning to be more careful in her deportment and is no longer the easy victim of the unlicensed passion of certain white men. This is a great gain and is a sign of real progress, for no race can rise higher than its own women. Let me plead with the friends of the Negro. Please continue to give him higher ideals of a better life and stand by him in the struggle. He has done well with the opportunities given him, and is doing something along all the walks of life to help himself, which is gratitude of the best sort. What he needs today is moral sympathy, which in his condition years ago he could hardly appreciate. 
the sympathy must be moral not necessarily social it must be the sympathy of a soul set on fire for righteousness and fair play in a republic like ours a sympathy which will see to it that every man shall have a man's chance in all the affairs of this great nation which boasts of being the land of the free and the home of the brave for which the black man has suffered and done so much in every sense of the word let this great christian nation of eighty millions of people do justice to the black battalion and seeing president roosevelt acknowledges that he overstepped the bounds of his power in discharging and renouncing them before they had a fair trial and now that they are vindicated before the world to take back what he called them cutthroats brutal murderers black midnight assassins and cowards this and this alone will to some extent atone for the wrong he has done and help him regain the respect and the confidence of the world now in order to change the condition of things i would suggest first that an international industrial association be formed to help afro-americans to engage in manufacturing and commercial pursuits assist them to buy farms erect factories open shops in which their young men and women can enter and produce what the world requires every day for its inhabitants if they were able today to produce the articles in common use as boots shoes hats cotton and woolen goods made-up clothing and enterprises such as farming mining forging carpentering etc negroes would find a ready sale in preference to all others because of its being a race enterprise doing what no other corporation does giving employment to members of the race as tradesmen and teaching others to become skilled workers these enterprises should be started in the southern northern and western states where the negro population will warrant such an undertaking i would suggest a school history of the negro race to be placed in our public schools as a textbook the general tone of all the histories taught in our public schools points to the inferiority of the negro and the superiority of the white it must be indeed a stimulus to any people to be able to refer to their ancestry as distinguished in deeds of valor and particularly so to the colored people with what eyes can the white child look upon the colored child and the colored child look upon himself when they have completed the assigned course of united states history and in it found not one word of credit not one word of favorable comment for even one among the millions of his foreparents who have lived through nearly three centuries of this country's history in them he is credited with no heritage of valor he is mentioned only as a slave while true historical records prove him to have been among the bravest of soldiers and a faithful producer of the nation's wealth though then a slave to the government the negroes was the first bloodshed in its defense in those days when a foreign foe threatened its destruction in each and all of the american wars the negro was faithful yes faithful in battle while members of his race were being lynched to death faithful to a land not his own in points of rights and freedom all and that after he had enriched with his own life's blood shouldered his musket to defend when all this was done regarded him with renewed terms black negro last but not least the negro needs a daily newspaper in every large city managed and edited by members of the race such papers are needed to deal with the questions of state and reflect the thought of the social world to enter the province of ethics and tread the domain of morals and to give their opinion on the varying phases of religious truths and pass judgment on matters of a political nature 
these are hidden wrongs perpetrated by the whites against the negro race that will never be brought to light until the race owns and controls its own daily newspapers which alone have the power to discover and enthrone truth thus becoming a safe guide to all honest seekers of facts respecting the race whether from a moral educational political or religious field to carry out the plans suggested whether viewed from an intellectual industrial commercial or editorial standpoint the world must acknowledge that today the negro race has the men and women who are true to their race and all that stands for negro progress end of chapter five